it's interesting. I think this might be my most clickbait title. <laughs> it is also one of my father's favorite quotes. And when he's quoting Sartre, he Sartre, he he really means like people fucking suck. But what's so interesting is this French philosopher Sartre, S A R T R E, was uh, I think it was a play that he was depicting um, three people trapped in a room and based on his explanations and sort of a little bit further um, insight, he didn't mean like hell is other people's and other people suck. What he meant was that our self-perception, the judgment we place on ourselves only really shows up when others are present, Right. So it is only through our perception of other people's perception of ourself that we suffer when it comes to shame. <laughs> Very meta. So I title that because this, or I titled this episode that because what I want to talk about are relationships. Relationships are incredibly important in business. And I spent the first 10 years of my career putting my head down and working my fucking ass off. And what I accomplished in the first year of realizing it's only who you know, (laughs) eclipsed everything I had accomplished in those 10 years combined. When I got out there and actually started, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies, um, I exploded. And by I, I mean the artists that I was working with. I was at that time running the record label, the recording studio and stepping out touring. uh, It was because of the choice to start managing that I got out from behind my computer. And um, yeah, everything. I think I talk about this in one of the other um, episodes, just in terms of like five-year planning and how I thought that exercise was bullshit. But essentially like I spent the next 18 months, two years accomplishing what I had hoped to do by the time I hit 30 in like a year, you know, it was crazy, but I digress. It's like my favorite thing to say in this whole podcast exercise relationships in business. I mean, just like referrals are the number one way to generate sales in any business that you're in doesn't matter what you do. And how do you get referrals relationships? You might not have even needed to sell to the person who is recommending you, but you immediately bypass most objections and any timelines when a trusted individual offers your name, business recommendation to their relationship. That person will seek you out and buy from you almost immediately. Hell is other people, I think is a really interesting reflection because the first relationship we have is with ourselves. And that's why other people are hell is because we start to question ourselves the second they show up in our experience. The world that we live in now, it feels like we are constantly inundated by other with other people. So first things first, and and this is, you know, my kind of approach to everything is like, how can I take my power back? How can I come at this from a perspective of limitless? opportunity, endless potential. And it is the relationship that you have with yourself, my friend. Whew, I know. Sucks. Sucks that we can't externalize it and just talking about, let's just start talking about other people. Another quote that I'm not sure who that I can credit this one with. I've, I've seen it as unknown multiple times, but we see things as we are, not as they are. 
and this is where a lot of my training and, and alchemy really comes from is this ability to reframe. If you choose the way you think about it, the way you feel about it, the way you engage with it, you change everything in the moment and you don't have to spend any money and you don't have to take any action. You can do the exact same thing from a place of hope and trust and get a wildly different result than if you do it out of a place of force and fear. My first question for you is how do you treat yourself? Do you look in the mirror and compliment yourself or criticize? Do you open your inbox and feel excited or afraid? Do you force yourself to do it anyway, even if you don't want to? How do you motivate yourself? If we treat ourselves like that, it's kind of hard not to treat everything like that. The most important relationship you're ever going to have is with yourself. You always have a choice. One of the things that really helped me with my own self-reflection, so I hope it's of service to you, is play it forward. Play out the worst case scenario. You kind of have one of two options when you're having like a little implosion. I call them my mid-year crises. You can play it forward. You know, play out. Mine is always like, okay, I'm going to quit everything. I'm going to run away. I'm going to run away and wait tables, live on the beach, maybe even on like a hammock because I have no home. And hopefully the restaurant that I work at will give me food. (sighs) And when I imagine that, it doesn't really feel that bad. It actually feels kind of warm and fuzzy. And that kind of then goes, okay, well, I'm probably not going to do that right now. So what am I going to do? That allows me to then choose something that actually feels doable. And that doesn't have to be like the most expansive thing or the next thing I had on my to-do list or my highest priority. For me, like momentum um, is snowballing, right? And so if I can get out of like my pity party and try doing just something semi-functional and, you know, starting with a little pep talk, for me, that tends to change my experience. Cool. I was trying to like have a cup of tea, but I couldn't fucking pause it. I feel like my computer is, you can do something about it or you can just accept I'm fucking not doing shit right now. I'm having a bad fucking day. I'm having a fucking moment and I'm tapping out. That's okay too. (laughs) Like, you know, I, I just talked about this in the last podcast, but if you can give yourself what you need in this moment without judgment, you have won the game, my friend. And oftentimes that's like just saying something nice and nurturing to yourself. Start with yourself when you can love yourself wholly and fully. Even when you're acting like a complete fucking dickhead, like you're good. Everything else is going to be a hell of a lot easier. So we start with ourselves because also like you're not going to be able to attract the people you need in your life, whether it's in business, whether it's buyers, clients, customers, whether it's personal relationships, whether it's caretakers and mentors, like if you don't love yourself, good fucking luck. And so maybe find, you know, like shit, start there, find someone who feels like they do that. Um, I was working in New Orleans. I um, had somehow managed to fall into like a pretty epic opportunity. Granted, it was like, uh, it's it's interesting for me to look back on it and call it epic. I had, um, you know, burned my entire life down in Australia because my mother got sick and I didn't know how to cope with that. So I got on a plane and, you know, two weeks after her diagnosis and flew back to the States Um, you know, I managed to get my artists paired up with pretty phenomenal people. Like it was one of those things that once I took the time to actually bridge all of the gaps, everything turned out a thousand times better than I had thought it was. I thought it would. When I took myself out of the, like, this is my fault. I've just ruined everything space and went to, okay, like 
if there's one thing I'm not going to regret, it's spending more time with my mom. And if there's one thing people understand, it's illness. We'll figure this out. And we did. And we did it very quickly. There was a lot of loose ends, you know, like my house (laughs) and my car um, and, you know, things of that nature. But those are material. They also were figured out. And then I found myself in the States having completely abandoned that experience 10 years prior with no relationships and no people, no idea what to do next. And I started applying for jobs. Thankfully, I had arranged with the Jazz and Heritage Foundation and Festival to do some work the year prior because I was working with New Orleans artists in Australia. A few months after dramatically returning to the States, I was in New Orleans and there was an opportunity to be the executive director of a community nonprofit arts center. And I applied for it and I got it. And then the Jazz and Heritage Foundation also wanted me to continue working with them. And so, yeah, it was, I think I, well, not, I think I know I got back to the States February 1st, 2013, and I was gainfully employed and living in New Orleans by Jazz Fest. So mid to late April, 2013. And I, you know, I was there for not quite two years in that role and I learned so much. I got to do so many amazing things. It was super fun, um, but also super challenging. The organization was in deeply in the red. I was tasked with saving it and didn't have the resources to do so. So I kind of, and also didn't have the the trust, you know, the organization had not done amazing things with their uh, patrons donations. So there was, yeah, there was, there was a lot of challenges. And as I was rounding out my second year, thinking about a uh, leadership handover, you know, how could I empower this organization to keep on keeping on? I knew that I wasn't going to be staying in New Orleans only because there was just a mismatch. Like I fucking love New Orleans. It is one of my most favorite cities on earth. I describe her as my mistress. Like I'm completely obsessed with her when I'm not with her, but the second I'm inside her, I know I will fucking die if I stay there. (laughs) So there's a little bit more to that analogy um, and metaphor. I only wish I could make it work, but it is quite possibly the most dangerous thing I will do if I try. I I was aware of this reality and and working out a plan. And I looked up and I was reading one of my inspo blogs, you know, that said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And at that point in my life, And I mean, pretty much my whole life has always been about work. Like, who am I spending the most time with? The people that I'm working with. And I looked around and I threw up a little bit into my mouth. And I just realized, like, I need need to level up. I need to level up the relationships that I have in my life right fucking now. You, and, and, um... Like leveling up your relationships doesn't have to mean like you fire everybody in your life. Okay. What it means is you get pretty clear on who you want to be. This is why your relationship with self is crucial. How do you want to show up? Who in your experience demonstrates those qualities? That then gives you the opportunity to call those people in. And by calling them in, I mean, listen to them on podcasts, read their books, troll them on social, troll them on LinkedIn, or potentially like join a networking opportunity. There's thousands of meetups, depending on which city you're in and like how your city uses meetups. Not every city like meetup is amazing, but there are so many goddamn networking opportunities now. It's like overwhelming. So what I will say is um, depending on your level of experience, you might need to pay to play. If I want to sit down with CEOs of companies that are 
generating an annual revenue of $30 million or more, I'm probably paying to do that, whether it's through some super wanky programs, don't get me wrong, or like conferences and uh, sort of masterminds. You, most people don't need to do that. Okay. <laughs> like, and I'm not saying like, I need to do that. Like my business needs to do that. Um, when I am tapping into my creatives and trailblazers, like that's why I love score and volunteering with score. I get to meet amazing individuals and the whole experience is free and uncharged. Right. So find your spot, find where your people are at and understand that like the things you see in others that you admire, potentially you are even jealous and envious of, are the qualities in yourself that you desire. Everything is a fucking mirror. That's why like you being the average of the five people you spend the most time with, what you're doing is reflecting back what you want. Okay? So if you were surrounding yourself with a bunch of fucking nightmares, think about that. You know, I, I, uh, I had to break up with a friend group a couple years ago because they were fucking gossiping. And what I realized is I was a fucking gossip. Judgment has actually been a huge block for me, a huge blind spot, a huge limiting belief. And I always thought I was just being funny and like I always loved everybody and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like the person I was judging the most was myself. And I actually got to a point where I didn't need anybody around to cast that judgment. And it kept me from everything. It kept me from trying something new, from getting into a new career, from getting out of my old career, from making friends, from trying, you know, like so fucking much. So your blocks are simply obstacles that you get to overcome. And the people in your life can be an incredibly useful tool for that. I'll get to this at the end, but I service. I'm just going to earmark that one. Okay. Okay, great. Thanks. The first relationship we need to cultivate is with ourselves. But then secondly, there are the the internal and external relationships, again, this is a business podcast, so in your business, right? Internal are when we're building out our team and our resources. So these are going to be the first people that we hire, whether they are contractors or employees, the vendors that we're creating partnerships and relationships with, the partners, <laughs> our community members, network associations and um, industry associations. You know, there's these are the people that you are communicating and working with regularly that you rely upon, that you're disclosing trade secrets. But, you know, you're talking about the internal mechanics of your business with. You might not get it right on the first try, okay? Like one of of the things I always share with my business owners is it takes five hiring cycles. So when you're looking to employ any of these resources in your business, a stakeholder is a term that people will throw around. It's people with vested interest in your success, right? You want to hire, you want to employ, you want to find, you want to work with these people based on your values. So invaluable values. I talk a lot about this. I talk about it throughout everything though, because it really is the foundation of my work. You can train anyone the fucking skills. Like basically any job underneath you, should probably be the skills can be trained. And I don't mean underneath you like hierarchical. I just mean like you are you, the way you think about things, the way you do things are unique. That might not be replicable, but like every other job in your business most likely is. And yes, there is an absolute skill set necessary. And the the more um, experience, the longer the the resource has been utilizing those skills, I hopefully the better they're going to be, the more powerful and impactful, the better results they're going to get. But like, if you've got someone who is willing to lie to get a sale, it doesn't matter how many fucking sales they have. If authenticity is one of your values, if connection and community and team building is a value in your business, 
And you've got some super hardcore introverts in your IT department who like have zero interest in cultivating connection with people. It's just not going to work. They might be brilliant at their jobs. Hire for values. And now like my, my favorite example is like the values that you have in your IT department might be different than the values you have in your sales department or your front office. That's okay too. So internally, the resources you're employing in your business, look for value alignment. First and foremost, you can train and hire, like you can train the skills. That's all I really have to say in terms of building out your team, find people who share your values and grow for it. Oh my God, was that so cheesy? I don't think I've said that before. Forgive me. Now, externally, you know, this is kind of the places where you're putting your business, where you're going to have a lot less control over how you're perceived, how you're interpreted. Values, again, are going to be absolutely fundamental in this. How do you want to be perceived? Talk a little bit about this. This is, I can never pronounce his name right. Bijoy Goswami, and please forgive me, in the human fabric, he basically, and like a lot of people fucking do this, they kind of boil you down into like one category or another. I really like to just think of these things in terms of energetics and like really whatever box you put you in, as long as it feels empowering, cool. But just know like you are not a label. You're not a fucking diagnosis. You can be all of these things and none of these things in every moment. Okay. There's probably a dominant experience showing up. Again, if that feels good, yay. If that doesn't, you get to explore it, challenge it, and step into a different place. You get to choose to be whatever the fuck you want, whoever you want, whenever you want. Start to cultivate your external connections. And I I do have a module of this in the anti-business school, as I am rebranding it. Cultivating Connection, aptly titled. Build out a list, five to 10 people who you think are fucking awesome, whether they're community leaders, business leaders, industry leaders, thought leaders, whatever it is. Then really start to like, why, why are you inspired by them? What do you love about them? What qualities do they demonstrate that you would like to either augment in your experience or bring in? Like maybe you don't have, maybe public speaking. I mean, that's such an obvious lame ass one, but whatever, maybe public speaking um, or speaking in general is just like not your thing. Now from there, you can join groups. Toastmasters, again, such a lame example. I apologize, but I mean, like there are so many fucking opportunities to learn. You know, when I first moved to Colorado, I really wanted to get into mountain biking. So I joined a mountain biking meetup. I met some really awesome people. But then in doing that, I was out with um, an old, 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 old friend who had invited one of their new friends who I had never met. And they, you know, asked me about my move back to Colorado. And I told them how I was going to be a professional mountain biker. I was joking, but and they were in my, you know, that gave me the opportunity to then have this conversation with this new person who is super into mountain biking. I talk about her all the time. She's my consigliere. And if you're listening to this podcast, I fucking love you. You can, there are so many different people in your external environment that you can call in that can be a huge support in your business. So focus on those qualities that you desire and focus on your values. That is how you're going to just start bringing in these people. Um, It doesn't actually have to be like this super hardcore effort. You can just start focusing on these experiences, these feelings, these qualities that you are cultivating for yourself. Secondly, you know, ask people, who else should I talk to? Be specific, you know, have a a challenge or a particular area of expertise or potentially an opportunity that you're creating that you want to invite people into, like a podcast interview or an event. (laughs) 
or a mastermind or whatever it might be, just a dinner party even, and ask people you should invite. One woman that I met at a conference once a month hosts a dinner party. Every ha- every dinner party has a different theme and they're pretty low key. This is like in Denver, Colorado. So they're basically just barbecues, but she'll you know pick a theme and invite people that share an area of expertise or people that share a particular passion, but that's it. They don't know each other. That's one of the criteria. And it's, it's 10 people who have never met before. And that's like, that's, she is a banker. Like it doesn't really, she's not in business. She's an employee, but she's a networker. Oh, the Bijoy Goswami talks about the human fabric. Wow. I totally like got distracted. I think my dad flushed the toilet. So I hit pause and lost that thread, but here we are. So he talks about the human fabric and basically people being one of four types, the expert, the founder, the person who just really wants to put their head down and get it done, the networker, the connector, the relationship builder. This is the person who like, kind of like, wait, what do you do? But they're amazing at connecting you with someone else who can help solve a problem for you. Then there's sort of the community organizer, the person who is hosting the events, who is really like the influencer, um, wants to be known. Uh, Reputation is kind of everything. And then finally, you have the evangelist. And this is the person who continually talks. They're the salesperson. They are the face of the movement. And I may have butchered that. Forgive me. I read this book a long time ago. Um, But the point being that in cultivating your relationships, you typically show up as one of these and you're going, that's going to give you advantages and disadvantages. So finding like that connector, the person who just loves, like, you know, that person, they're the person who constantly refers business to you. They're the person who is constantly like reaching out to you and, and saying like checking in, you know, having just one of those people in your court is a game changer. Being one of those people stepping into that space. How can I help you? Who do, who do you need to talk to? That's all you have to do to step into that role. It's a really great book, though, The Human Fabric. It really helped me wrap my head around how I want to show up, aka the founder expert, the advantages and disadvantages to that, and how to try on different roles and archetypes to call in different experiences, right? So <clears throat> once you start building your network, and it doesn't happen overnight, and the good news is, is it can happen pretty easily online. I'm not on Facebook anymore, but Facebook groups were a place where I, I when I got back to the States, I started to cultivate this. And when I switched careers, I started to cultivate this. Again, I'm not on Facebook anymore, but I am still in connection with a lot of the people that I met in some of those first groups. Um, There's also a ton of fucking like between Discord, Telegram, WhatsApp, you don't even need to be on social media anymore. Mighty Networks is another great one. Meetup. I, I actually love Meetup and I don't necessarily use it for professional stuff. It's more the like weird shit that I'm into, but I'll have another episode about that. Okay. So you start to cultivate your relationships. You've got people in your life, start to show them gratitude. I talk about this a lot. This is a regular biz tip of mine. Thank people, reach out to people. If you're having a fucking meltdown, this is actually a really great way to turn things around for you just experientially is like help someone else. There is someone in your life right now that needs help. I guarantee it. Call them, text them, leave them a voice memo and say, Hey, I've been thinking about you. Is there anything I can do right now? Is there anything that you need? And if the answer is no, great, no worries. Just checking in all the best. When you do that regularly for your customers, customers, clients, and buyers, it is a complete game changer. Firstly, it feels fucking awesome. Secondly, they remember you and those referrals start coming in or their feedback, their reviews, etc. But third, you stay top of mind and they buy again. And that's another, you know, sales 101. It is way easier 
to get someone to buy a second time than to get someone to buy a first. So I'm not saying do it for those reasons. I'm just saying fucking test it. Try it. Send a little message to five people when you finish listening to this (laughs) or right now, whatever. I like to do it on Fridays, but I just send quick little voice memos to five people and just say thank you and like say, you don't need to respond to this. I just needed you to know I was thinking about you. I love how you dot, 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 or I really appreciated when dot, 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 or one of the things that makes me smile when I think about you is dot, dot, dot. And firstly, it just feels like, again, it makes me feel really fucking good. The feedback is just, just try it. Ask, Hey, anyone else I should talk to anyone else that, you know, you think my, I need to know about, you know, I'm always asking you guys, what podcasts are you listening to? What books are you reading? That's, that's yourself, your internal, your external. And like, so what? So I just want to be the founder expert. I just want to put my head down and get my work done. The thing is, is that we can get in a rut really easily without even knowing, like it kind of goes back to that cycle of change. Like we can just keep playing forever and white knuckling. I was talking about this again with somebody yesterday. Um, We got really stuck in this. I mean, another rut of like this linear thinking of there has to be a beginning, a middle and an end and ends are bad. Ends are sad. And so we find ourselves like white knuckling the middle. We fear the beginning because it's uncomfortable. We feel like raw, naked babies screaming for help and no one likes to be his screaming baby. And so then we get into this place of like this sort of teenage, adolescent, young adult, maturing adult, middle-aged adult phase. And we like grasp it and hold on to it forever. And then we're that like, just think of the role of the person who is dressed 15 or 50 years too young for themselves out partying super late, um, you know, hanging out with and hitting on people 40 years younger than them. Like, that's a weird, that's a weird experience, right? And one of the reasons that's happening is because we're not embracing the the power and, and role and experience and wisdom that we get in that end phase the, the, um, you know, toss in of the cycle of change, because we get to start again, you get to continually reinvent yourself, you get to continually start over and reinvent this experience and use the information gained in the middle to apply it to the beginning, right? So check in, like, are your relationships still serving? Do these still feel good? Are you still serving? (laughs) Are you still offering? I'm in a networking group right now where I had to ask everybody, what are you offering to this space? And none of them had an answer. And without judgment, without criticism, it was like, okay, guys, then what the fuck are we doing here? Why are we here? Because like, I'm here to fucking receive and there ain't nothing wrong with that. I love all of you. You're all amazing fucking humans. It's been awesome getting to know each other. Let's stop. Let's try something different. So that's, you know, continually checking in. And that's, I mean, I think with the gratitude practice in terms of those external relationships, like if you find yourself scrolling through your contacts and there ain't no one you want to thank, like (laughs) if you, if if you're reaching out to the same five customers, there's information available there. Okay. So yeah, just notice like when is something friction or evolution? When does it feel hard and thankless and tiresome? Like if a relationship drains you and it's not situational, you know, someone isn't going through a thing. I spent the first six months of this year helping my friend with cancer. Yeah. It's going to fucking be hard. That's okay. <laughs> like that's situational, right? Full transparency as she shifted out of that experience and into much more of a mental health struggle. I had to take a step back because it, it was, 
it was tiresome in a way that was not supporting either of us. And so putting the resources in place where she was getting the support that she needed. And I was also feeling energized and expansive and supportive and actually helpful instead of just having the same conversation over again. And like, also I'm dealing with this in my professional life as well. One of my employees actually randomly got the exact same cancer. And so, you know, how can you find that balance in your relationships um, where they, you're getting what you need out of them. You're still receiving where and who we invest our energy in will appreciate just like where you invest your fucking money. Okay. (laughs) It's all energy. So if you find yourself continually investing in like a bottomless pit, um, you know, like cut your losses. And, and I was, again, just having this conversation with a friend, you don't have to fire the babysitter. You don't need to call that relationship up and have some dramatic fucking conversation to tell them all of the reasons why they're not dot, dot, dot. You just stop investing your energy in it. That's closure. That's fulfilling your own needs is finding your conclusion to this situation. And also test that just Like if they're not in your orbit, if they're not regularly showing up, you don't have to do anything else. They're kind of already gone and anything can change. That's another thing that can happen with relationships, especially really important ones, especially ones that have been around for 10, 20 years, because we're afraid that like, this is how it's going to be forever. If I walk away from this, if I fire the babysitter, that's it forever. And it's like, no, actually, when you, when you pattern interrupt in this experience and you recognize I'm investing in something I'm not getting anything out of. There's no return on investment here. So I'm going to withdraw my funds. Things will change. That, That relationship will shift. Test it again. So yeah, one of the other reasons that I think we fear ending and beginnings, especially in relationships, is it's hard. Cultivating new relationships does take an investment. I've moved around a lot. And so I always show up as that like new person on the periphery of a click, right? Whether it's like a networking group in business or industry meetings that happen locally or online. You know, every time I join a new group, I'm acutely aware of the fact that I'm the newbie and like no one likes that feeling. You've got to go out of your way. You got to invest extra because those people already have their patterns. They already have their circuits in place. And you're like this weird outlier that they forget that they don't remember. They're not, it's not about you. It's not like they're not including you, but you've got to show up regularly and remind them, Hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. I would love to do that. I'd love to participate in that. I just asked, you know, a new person here in Utah, like, Hey, could I be included in this event? And they're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, of course. We don't like doing that. It doesn't feel good to invite yourself for whatever reason. We've been told blah, blah, blah. But oftentimes, like, you know, the other thing she could have said is, oh, my gosh, like we're at capacity. Um, But, you know, remind me next time. And then I also need to say, cool, when is the next event planned? I'll shoot you. Like, when should I reach out to make sure I'm included? Uh, and then you show the fuck up also BT dubs, which are sometimes things that we don't really like doing. Uh, and, and like, this doesn't have to be in person. If you're an introvert, if you struggle with making relationships, like create this space that works for you, get online, go to a fucking introverted. I hate networking Facebook group. There are thousands of them. Okay. So just be aware it's going like your new is uncomfortable and endings are uncomfortable. That doesn't make it bad. It's another one of those. You get to choose your experience. You get to choose how you interpret this information. Okay. So that's relationships. Start with yourself. 
Look internally in your business, use your values. Look externally, also use your values, but cultivate those connections and and check in regularly for growth, for expansion, for gratitude. You are on your way, my friend. You <laughs> should never settle. If things don't feel inspiring, fun, interesting, call in more of that. And that doesn't mean you have to burn it all fucking down. It just means like you shift your focus. That's like, I don't know if you're in finances and investments called portfolio management. And you may have invested in a fund or a stock or a currency. And suddenly it's done really fucking well. It's like over, it's 60% of your portfolio. So take your wins and spread them out. That means, you know, if you find yourself spending 100% of your time with your new partner or in this new mastermind, once you realize, oh my gosh, I put all my eggs in this basket and it's amazing, you can shift some of your investment around and spread it around when you've got the capacity for it. It's all happening. You're absolutely on your way. You're exactly where you need to be. And there's limitless potential available. So keep on growing and use your people, leverage your people, leverage your relationships to do so. Okay. You know where to find me at the BZ channel on all the socials. Text me 720-704-4865. I'm asking you to both text me and share that number with your people. Although texting is my favorite. I just don't have enough people in that space right now. And y'all, I do this for you. So despite texting being my favorite, apparently it's not yours. I'm going to make a big announcement about that as well with season two of the podcast. Cause there's, there's some behind the scenes things that I've been doing that I don't talk about. Cause I'm still coming out of the woo closet, <laughs> but we'll see that might shift everything. Uh, NicoleBZ.com is where you can find links to book sessions with me. And, oh, you know, it's a podcast. Apparently like reviews are a thing. Sharing this is a thing. Uh, That's all I got. I love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for investing the time and energy in your success. Until next time. Mm